good day and welcome to Holding Fast. Trust your anchor is anchored firmly, holding firmly to the rock of Holy Scripture. Good to have you today. Thanks for letting me come into your day. Looks like we're starting another day to be able to serve God. God has allowed us to be here. If you're listening to this, if you're redeemed and a blood-bought child of God, then we're looking forward with anticipation to the coming Lord Jesus Christ. We don't know when that time is going to be, but if we look around us, we we find that the time must be growing short and that we have great opportunity to be a witness to those that are all around us. I know beginning a missions conference at our church fellowship that it brings us to a greater level of awareness, I think, of the brevity of life and how quickly the days are passing by. We look at all the signs of the times and we see that there is a growing apathy among uh, people, at least in our culture and our community. Uh, Even those that are in the body of Christ, there seems like there are many that have faded away and have distanced themselves from a genuine, authentic walk with the Lord. All of these are signs of the times that surely our Savior can't be far away. Surely our Father in heaven is uh, looking to that time to tell his son to go back and get his bride. But meanwhile, while we're here, we are reflecting this week anyway, in these first three days, on the uh, early church and its presentation of the gospel. The tide of culture was rushing against the early church and uh, they were scattered throughout the vast Roman Empire. They were in a uh, a society and a culture of people that were celebrating pluralism and, and hedonism, the love of pleasure, and uh, the gospel was very offensive to the culture that they were giving it to. And I reminded you last time that we can learn some things from the early church. We can remember who we speak to is one of those things. We can understand that uh, that uh, the, the by and large, the people that we are presenting the gospel to are going to be resistant to it because they find it to be outright foolishness. Uh, and we understand that the gospel message of forgiveness and grace and eternal life and brand new existence with the Creator God was something that was just outrageous, uh, that was unaccepted by many, if not most, of those in the Roman Empire. But what's remarkable is that even during that time in the early growth of the church, when people are celebrating the idols of the human heart and the God of wealth, the message that the early church presented was not altered or changed in any way because that alien message to a sinful world is a message that is still uh, worthy of being boldly proclaimed because truth in love to a world in desperate need is what it needs. Our brothers and sisters in the early church lived in a culture where people readily deceived themselves, lived meaningless, empty lives, because that's all they had to live for. There was no eternity as far as they were concerned. But I want to remind us that we live surrounded by people whose greatest need is for a true Savior. The greatest need is for you today even to be able to be a testimony to those whom God has placed you around. So like the early church, we remember who we speak to. We remember the kind of people that are longing, but uh, I would suggest to you also that we remember our message. Ed Creedy in his article even mentions something along these lines, that in a world of many gods, the first Christians proclaimed one of many messages. Uh, 
there was a there was a there was just a hodgepodge in a marketplace. To some people, the Christian faith was just another foreign philosophy or or an extremist subset of Judaism. Uh, with so many gods to choose from, how in the world could the Christians uh, bother with only one of them? Humanly speaking, the odds were stacked against the church. Many competing voices. Yet when the early church boldly proclaimed their gospel message, lives were transformed because the message is radically different from anything else that people hear. Now let's remember this morning, listeners, Listen, remember that the the gospel of Jesus Christ is not, is not just one of many alternative philosophies or a substitute for an idol or a false god that has disappointed us. You don't move on to another one. At the heart of the gospel is an exclusive message that is a rescue mission. It's about God redeeming a lost humanity. As a matter of fact, a verse for today is Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, which says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Whether we acknowledge or not, whether our culture acknowledges or not, uh, we are lost without God. Life is meaningless. You live and they die without hope. People all around us are doing that. And Christ came to offer life to a hopeless world, to seek and to save the lost. Those words were true in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. They were true in Rome, Corinth, Antioch, and such words are gloriously true today. Even here in Laconia, New Hampshire, where I minister, we offer a gospel that does save the lost and can transform a life. We tell a wonderfully better story than what the world has to offer. Whatever evangelism opportunities may look like in our current pandemic situation, we never move beyond the gospel message because it is powerful. And then last, I would suggest to you to remember our God. We remember those to whom we preach uh, and give the gospel. We remember the power of the message that we give, but we remember our God. It's a daunting uh, uh, exercise to share this message of the gospel. The vast majority of our friends and family and peers are unbelievers. The challenge is enormous. The early church faced a similar situation. In 100 AD, there were probably 50,000 Christians in an empire of some 300 million. More than this, the world, Roman world actively opposed the Christian faith and persecuted God's people. Widespread heresy and corruption even arose from within the church itself, from within the faith. And that opposition within and without, what hope did those first few Christians ever really have? When we look at our situation, we see so much false teaching today. We see so much apathy and falling away. But I remind you today that your hope and your strength is in your God. No matter how big the world seems, no matter how powerful unbelief may be, the first Christians believed in a God who's far bigger And uh, there was a second century description of this God by a man named Theophilus. He said, for in glory, he is incomprehensible, in greatness, unfathomable, in height, inconceivable, in power, incomparable, in wisdom, unrivaled, in goodness, inimitable, in kindness, unutterable. 
There was a confidence that the early church had in their God. Do we have that confidence today? Do you have that? Do you believe that God can still change lives today? I hope and trust that the same God that Theophilus wrote about in the second century and finds so compelling is the same God that will keep you faithful in all sorts of opposition. Evangelism can be hard, no matter how much you might enjoy the opportunity. But we go out with the gospel of a God who is much greater than the tides of culture. Jesus is still in the soul-saving business. So remember who you speak to. Remember the message we have. And remember that God, the God that goes before us. Because I assure you that in Him, there is victory and there is power to change any life. He's changed mine. How about you? Ask God to give you an opportunity today. God bless. Walk with Christ. Be the light of the gospel.